0: Next on Making Sense of Madness, Christina Bob is an investigative reporter and attorney who has spent most of the past two years traveling the country to explore and report on the growing mountain of evidence of election fraud. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now.
1: in what you saw, because this reminds me of Pennsylvania in 2020,
2: ma'am. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I was just thinking that. I was listening to your guest, uh, Shelby Bush. They've been doing a great job out in Arizona. Her work continues. You know, the book covers the early days immediately following the 2020 election uh, through the 2021 election. And then her work has continued on, and they're seeing the same trend, only it's getting worse. It's getting more obvious. I mean, Carrie Lake's race is to my opinion, it is proof that the election was stolen to the point that your poll shows that 91% of the people believe Arizona was stolen. We didn't have that kind of support and belief right after 2020 because the media had done this blitz media campaign trying to convince everybody that this was the most secure election ever. So I think Carrie Lake's race really solidified for people who may have questioned or, or doubted. Uh, now they go, oh yeah, okay, we have a problem with our elections now.
1: Why have they not let us, why why were we not able to get signature verification into this, into this lawsuit? I mean, maybe now, and I'll ask you this after the break. By the way, we've got Tiffany Justice on deck uh, from Moms for Liberty. Um, why has it been so difficult getting the signature verification into this case in Arizona and into
0: these other cases, ma'am?
2: because it's a legitimate issue, and we have a chronically impotent judicial system. I mean, Republican judges, not just Republican judges, the Republican party for the last 40 years has become the party of cowards. And the judges that cowards appoint are also cowards and don't wanna take up real issues that crazy leftists don't like. And the signature verification issue is a very real problem that they don't wanna have to deal with, in my opinion. I mean, that's what we're seeing. Judges are scared.
0: Christina Bob is with us, the author of Stealing Your Vote, and I just saw, Christina, President Trump posting out the most glowing review of any book I've ever seen him put out before. Let's take a look at that on the screen. Wow, if you're an American patriot who loves our country but knows that the 2020 presidential election was rigged and stolen or even questioned what went on during this very traumatic and demoralizing period in the USA history, you must immediately buy a fantastic book. Wow, I mean... When the man like that has a, has a review like this, it means you got to read the book. Christina, uh, how did you feel when you saw that posted out?
2: Oh, I was so excited. He is wonderful. I'm so honored to work with him and for him and for this great cause. And uh, so the fact that he supported me, I, I was just really grateful.
0: And you've been by his side working with him, uh, especially during the Mar-a-Lago raid uh, as an attorney. Uh, I don't know what you're allowed to say about that, but uh, uh, what is that like to work with President
2: Trump? Oh, he's wonderful. I I really, truly appreciate him. I appreciate his vision. I appreciate what he's doing for our country. And I'm truly honored. You know, as you know, and as the media has made it very clear, uh, it comes with struggles, not from him, but the Department of Justice. He has plenty of enemies, you know, and so his enemies... uh, you know, it can percolate into, uh, other areas. So, uh, you, you have to kind of have some thick skin to be able to work with him, uh, not because of him, but because of the people who dislike him, <laughs> but you know, oh, yeah. I'm honored to, to be part of that fight. Yeah.
0: But uh, you, you were in the Marine Corps, right? So you know what that's like?
2: Oh yeah. Oh Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's a different type of war, isn't it now? It's an information war, a psychological war. Yeah. Uh, what has it been like for you uh, being a part of this uh, from that angle as an investigative reporter uh, with OANN, you know, doing this look, looking at the most taboo topic you can possibly look at? Uh, you probably got a lot of pushback everywhere you went.
2: Definitely. I mean, you. if you Google me, you'll see I got a lot of pushback. <laughs> you have to go to like page seven or eight before you find anything positive. But, um, you know, I thought when I was getting out of the service, when I was getting out of the Marine Corps, there's a, everybody has that moment where it's like, oh, you know, I'm so proud to serve my country. I'm proud to be a, a Marine, to be a part of this organization. And I thought serving in the military, I would served in Afghanistan, I served in Germany. And I thought that that was going to be the crux of yeah, my service or, you know, what fighting for my country or whatever. And I've joked with people that this is way harder. <laughs> and to the extent that I'm able to have an impact on freedom and preserving our rights, I think I'm doing more now than I did then. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's surprises, you know, you never know what life's going to throw at you and how things are going to go. But, uh, I was honored to serve in that capacity. I would like to think that I'm serving in this capacity. And I'm grateful for all of my fellow Americans, yourself included, and folks that are willing to talk about the topic, because that's what we need. We have to have an open discussion. We have to have uh, people aware of what's actually happening. And, you know, we're in, thank, thank you for doing that.
0: Well, yeah, it's, we're on the same team here. Uh, well, yeah. back when the 2020 election happened, it was a gut punch for a lot of Americans. You know, they, yeah. they saw, they, they, they went to bed that night thinking that Trump won, and they woke up in the morning thinking that he lost. And the media had a lot of things to say about it. We had Fox News calling it uh, in Arizona and so forth. And, yeah. and so statisticians took a look at it, and they said, this doesn't add up. What was your reaction and when did you start putting everything into gear to do your investigation? Yeah.
2: yeah, it doesn't add up. I mean, it literally does not add up. We see canvassers throughout the country, whether it's Cochise County recently in Arizona or, uh, you know, Wayne County in Detroit, where the election canvassers, those who are required to literally add up the counts, make sure that the precincts all match, Make you know, it's an accounting of the tallies. They came out and they said, they don't match. We can't certify these elections because the accounting doesn't match. Uh, So you're quite literally right. It it doesn't match. For me, when I first kind of questioned things was November 3rd. Uh, You know, I I didn't expect a problem, even though I knew, you know, people were worried about mail-in ballots. And I thought that was legitimate. But I thought Donald Trump was so popular that even if they cheated, you know, they can't cheat that much. Right. I think I thought Donald Trump was so much more popular than Joe Biden and Kamala Harris just by looking at their rallies. You know, you go to the rallies and you see tens and tens of thousands of people there to support Donald Trump. And Joe Biden couldn't fill a high school gymnasium. In my mind, they couldn't commit enough fraud to steal the election, but they did. a uh, so that that was a surprise for me. I started working on it November 3rd, that evening, November 4th. And then probably a week or two later, I kind of, I volunteered with Rudy Giuliani and joined the legal team at that point to be part of the more formal investigation.
0: I guess the bright side of all of this is that if you do a little bit of fraud, it's really easy to get away with it. But when you do it at a big scale, it's almost impossible. And now they go into cover up mode and then you have to commit more crimes to cover it up and so forth. So you joined the legal team with Giuliani, then, then what happened next?
2: So that last, you know, about six weeks just for the remainder of President Trump's term in January. Uh, and then after that, I, I returned, I not returned, I never left OAN, I was continuing to work with OAN, but the Giuliani legal team kind of pretty much dissolved at that point. And so I just continued the same investigation that I was doing with the legal team. I just continued doing it as a reporter. And I was taking notes. I was recording uh, what I was experiencing with these state officials and with volunteers. I spent months and months on the ground in Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, you know, all these places. And I, I joke that. Oops! I accidentally wrote a book because I was just keeping all of my notes of what was happening and what I was seeing. And of course, you know, on news, I was a cable news reporter. You get a couple minutes, and if I'm lucky, a couple minutes an hour. OAN was wonderful; they gave me a lot of access. But you know, I can't be the only one on television. They have other reporters and stories they have to cover, and I just didn't get all of it out. I I wanted to be able to. Uh, Tell everybody what else I was seeing and what happened behind the scenes and what happened behind the camera when you know I wasn't live on the air. What was I seeing? And so I was just writing it down, and I ended up writing a book.
0: And what were some of those things that you saw behind the scenes uh, on the ground in Pennsylvania in these key swing states?
2: Yeah, I saw that Democrats stole the election and Republicans covered it up. And to me, the cover up was so much more infuriating. Than the actual theft. We could have cleaned up the 2020 election before January 6th. We could have set it right, but for the Republicans that stood in the way. And so I go through every state, you know, this, or I go through all the, the states that I investigated or that I spent time on the ground in. I think I cover about 12 states in the book. And it was a consistent pattern. It was a consistent pattern of Republicans blocking any attempt to correct the 2020 election.
0: Well, I've heard Peter Navarro say that it was death by a thousand cuts in his report, that it wasn't yeah. just one type of fraud. It was just every type you could imagine all over the place. Um, how would you characterize the Democrats stealing? And then how would you characterize what the Republicans did to cover it up?
2: He's exactly right. It's death by a thousand cuts. They manipulated every possible way that they could. The frustrating part about that is it You look at it and you go, oh, my gosh, it's so complex. They're using mail-in ballots. They're using, you know, they're manipulating voter rolls. They've got ballot trafficking, ballot harvesting. Can they print ballots on demand? You know, it, it looks so daunting. But what I realized through my investigation is that because it's so complex, it's actually quite fragile. And it is very much, it's very possible for us to overcome their operations and overcome what they're doing. And of course, I'm talking about everything legal, but we can overcome what they're doing just by having more people, just by having people get involved. I'd love to use the example of the poll watchers and poll workers that I interviewed in Detroit who worked the Detroit TCF Center. And I had a few of them tell me they were outnumbered, Republican to Democrat, they were outnumbered one to a hundred. For every, every table they had, there were 100 Democrats, whether, you know, the, the different sections. And we just can't have that. You know, we just can't have that. We ha- It has to be equal. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, and Jocelyn Benson in Michigan. Oh, Jocelyn Benson's a terrible secretary of state. She's so crooked. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she is. But I also didn't see lines and lines of Republicans who were like, hey, I'm trying to Uh, participate, but they won't let me in. Now, certainly they did push Republicans out. And then you saw the Republicans outside saying, Hey, they won't let me in. They won't let me in. But at that point there, we were still so outnumbered. We just didn't have enough people there.
0: Yeah. And and this is something, and I agree, we're not blaming the victim here, but we're trying to figure out how to not let this happen again. And Republicans have this tendency to not have a backbone, you know, (laughs) the, uh, the Republicans at the top, The rhinos don't have a backbone. And then us, we just want to have our liberty and be left alone. And we don't want to necessarily ruffle any feathers. Uh, And so when you have that type of attitude, it's easy for people to, to take over. And so you're saying that we can overcome this type of stuff. It's not that hard. Uh, We know President Trump's platform is basically uh, a lot of things that are going to stamp a lot of this out. Right. Things like voter I.D., things like paper ballots, one same day voting. Is there anything else you said more poll workers, anything else coming to mind that are tactics that we need to start using?
2: Yeah, I would like to see counties decentralize their voting and decentralize the tallying. This is a move that we've seen over the last 10 to 20 years where they're now moving the tallying as well as the voting, but for now I'll talk about the tallying to one central location. Well, when you tally all the votes in one location, it's much easier to cheat and you need much fewer people to cheat. It's a cleaner way to do it because they're all together in one place. And you know, you can have one person make a change when all of the votes are tallied in a decentralized location, for example, out at the precincts, the way that it used to be in order to cheat By stuffing ballots or changing the vote tally or manipulating it in some way, you would need people to cheat in all of the precincts, which means you would need a lot more people. And so I I would like to see a move in local areas people start pressuring your counties to decentralize your tallying and decentralize your voting voting should be done at precincts the tallying should be done at precincts you know with your neighbor's garage where you go to vote if there's someone who doesn't live in your neighborhood you're all going to know you know my neighbors down the street if i go vote you know at the elementary school down the street i recognize my neighbors there i see my neighbors But when you're at this big centralized facility where you have thousands of people there, if you see someone that you don't recognize, you don't think anything of it because you don't know everybody. You know, it's just another form of security by just recognizing the people in your own neighborhood.
0: It sounds like you're pretty passionate in not letting this happen again. And so we just have to figure out how to make some kind of election-proof machine here. Our whole system has to be election-proof. And that's one, one strategy that makes sense to me. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we want to find out how these Republicans covered up the Democrats'
1: crime. The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D., 720-605-3900. We wanted to create a premium way for our viewers to be able to connect with the influence of our movement. So we came up with Amp Insider. Get content information, and special behind-the-scenes coverage that you can't find anywhere else. Only with a subscription to Amp Insider. And interact weekly with key leaders of the movement with Ask the Expert. Join us this Thursday at 8 p.m. and interact live with James Grunvey. Get the first month for $1 by using the promo code AMP888. Go to ampnews.us now to sign up. Welcome to a new era of connecting patriots, Amp Insider.
0: We're talking to Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote, about how the Republicans covered up the crime committed by the Democrats. Now, why would they do that? It's almost as if they're part of a uniparty. Can you discuss that?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. It's a uniparty. But I think what happened, I don't think this was something that was planned on the part of Republicans in 2020. Republicans were OK with the status quo because they've been OK with the status quo for the last 20, 40 years what has happened i think my assessment of it is over the last say the last four decades the republican party has become the party of cowards it's it's been the party that goes along to get along they haven't been the fighters they haven't stood up and fought for conservative values and as a result they're not good at it quite frankly and the people that are in office are in office because they're kind of wimpy and that's what the republican party wanted uh, thank God we're seeing that change. you know, you've got the Matt Gates and the Lauren Boberts and the Chip Roys and everybody that made their mark uh, regarding the Speaker of the House you know, concern. Um, but ultimately when it came down to why why did the Republicans run interference, I think that's just what they've done. And so they did what they always do and it's pacify the Democrats just so that They can keep their seat. They can keep the status quo. Let's just keep things going. The problem is things are going in a really, really bad direction. The American people don't want it to keep going. And the puny cowards that are in office in in Republican seats aren't helping. And so they're in the way. So I don't think this was necessarily an intentional cover up by Republicans. I think it was the end result of having a very, very weak Republican Party.
0: And that's interesting because sometimes you think to pull off something like this, you need to have a lot of organization. You need to have a vast conspiracy and everyone's in on it. And yet what you just described is just a a bunch of people who are always going to support the status quo, always fearful of losing their power, prestige, and position, and would do anything to just keep things the way they are. And so they would naturally... Uh, covered up and how convenient for the Democrats that they've got their controlled opposition to do that. Uh, So where are
2: we at now? Because
0: this isn't over, is it?
2: Oh, no, 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 not by a long shot. We just showed up. You know, we just figured out that there was a fight. It's not over by a long shot. We, we just got started. And so we need to engage. And by engage, I mean, get involved and be a part of the solution. I mean, it's, it seems like a very overwhelming problem. And to some extent it is. I'm not trying to minimize it or pretend like it's not a very serious problem. But for so long, for years and years and years, conservatives, to your point earlier, have been minding their own business. They've been going to church. They've been raising their families. They've been running businesses. They've been employees. You know, They've just been living life and wanting wanting to do their thing. And now, a lot of conservatives are looking at the current situation, going, "Okay, I I might need to get involved. I might actually have to volunteer, or you know, change careers, whatever. Run for office. Look at Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake got out of journalism to run for office. I think we're starting to see people that realize, you know, what I like my freedoms, and I like my freedoms more than my convenience of minding my own business. So, not not over by a lot. Like it's just getting started, from my opinion."
0: right and, and uh, i'm happy that carrie lake made that decision and maybe we can get you yeah. to uh leave journalism and run um, for office too or something
2: <laughs> well my goal uh, is but- to get donald trump back in office right now because uh, i think the nation right. needs him i don't necessarily have political ambitions myself maybe that'll change i don't know but as of right now i just want to get donald trump back in office
0: well that would be one way to remedy this problem but does it really remedy the problem uh, if Trump wins in 2024, does that fix 2020? Uh, you know, let's put your attorney no. hat on for a second here.
2: Yeah. No, I no, I don't the think legal it does. I think it's a the really legal good. Remedy. Oh, the legal remedy for 2020? Yeah. I think we need a full investigation. I think um, I mean, I'm not trying to sound dramatic. I genuinely believe that whether you want to call it leftist, Marxist, you know, I don't want to be too specific because I'm not trying to identify specific people, but this movement, this Marxist movement has undermined the United States government and they've actually tried to overtake the United States government and take authority of the United States government away from the American people. That's treason and it's illegal. So we need an, uh, I'm sorry, we need an investigation into what happened. Who's pulling the strings? Look at COVID. I mean, look at all of the, these crazy decisions that they're making. I'm talking about the elections. That's my area that I'm working, but it's true in every aspect of our life. And we have leaders that are uh, partnering with the World Economic Forum. I don't know how closely, I'm sure you were watching it, you're in the news, their tagline Openly. This isn't even something they hide. Their tagline is by 2030, you will own nothing and be happy. They are trying to take over the world and enslave everybody. That is wrong. It's un-American and it goes against everything that our Constitution stands for. So going back to your question, we, we will get Donald Trump back in office. And at that point, I think we need an investigation into who actually overthrew the United States government to install a fake president in 2020. Personally, I would like to see that truly investigated for the first time. And I think we need to get Donald Trump back in office before that can happen.
0: Well, who would do the investigation? There's different ways of doing it, right? I mean, congressional investigations, uh, Department of Justice, Attorney General. uh, I don't know who, who, who would have the authority.
2: Well, I mean, you just named a bunch of people. There are multiple ways to do it. And we would have to figure that out at that time and figure out, you know, what has happened since then. But whether it's the Department of Justice, FBI, DHS, you know, there's local state attorneys, whatever it is, uh, I would expect, however we and they decide to do that, that it will get done. But I don't think the Biden administration is going to investigate itself. I mean, yes, they appointed the special counsel for Joe Biden on his classified documents, but they've already come out and like, oh, well, you know, it's excuse me. It's fine. It's fine. They're doing it because they have to because they threw this at Donald Trump. But yeah, they're, they're not going to take any any action against themselves.
0: Right. That's not what the system does. It's just what you were describing with the Democrats and Republicans before. Uh, We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to ask you, how are we going to elect Donald Trump when we haven't fundamentally solved uh, election integrity issues? So we're going to discuss as soon as we get back.
3: Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time, and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax-deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate-free, and they can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024.
0: We're talking to Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote. And there are the doomers out there who say things like, well, it's great that Trump's running again. I would vote for him again. He's got this platform of fixing election integrity issues. But how are we going to be able to trust the system that had issues with the midterms, with the presidential one? And they have a point so we have to be very intentional on this this time around, don't we? What are the things we need to do?
2: Yeah, I, I understand the concern. Um, I, I, the first thing I would say is get involved in some way. You know, help carry the load because, like I said, it takes all of us. And the example that I use is, you know, the the high ground or the advantage that the left has is that they're in positions of power. They have this apparatus, this election rigging apparatus in place that they're good at using. So that's their advantage. Our advantage is that we have, there are way more of us than them. There are many, many more patriots that wanna see free and fair elections than these crazy liberals that are working to cheat. So in order for us to take advantage of our advantage, which is there's more of us, more of us need to be involved. We have to all throw our weight behind this issue in order to correct it, because that's how we counteract what they're doing. But there's a lot of steps to take, and people can get involved in a variety of ways, whether you want to support specific legislation, whether you want to get involved in a grassroots movement, to be a poll worker, observer, judge, uh, inspector, you know, depending on what your state calls the various positions. Uh, There's a lot of ways to get involved as far as helping register to vote, uh, manning the chain of custody, you know, there's now volunteers that are guarding drop boxes after they saw 2000 mules, you know, standing out there with cameras and uh, being able to take pictures and collect evidence. If you see people doing big ballot dumps, people investigating chain of custody, whether like, who are these people that are picking up ballots from the drop boxes? Where are they taking them? All of that. That's all, all part of what needs to be done. And it's all stuff that we really haven't done before because our elections were fundamentally changed with COVID. So there's a number of ways to get involved. I I give a lot of examples in the book of, you know, I just tell about people that I interviewed and what they were doing. And so I hope that the readers see stories of other people and are inspired and want to get involved and do the same thing
0: sounds like, just to summarize it, we need more eyeballs on the process, just more light to disinfect the darkness, right? Uh, What about what's happened in Arizona? I mean, this was blatant. Another blatant steal happened in Arizona with multiple elections there. We had the Secretary of State uh, certifying her own uh, election there. And I would think that people would take to the streets uh, more than they have. And yet, I think January 6th has had a chilling effect and patriots are afraid to go out there and get their face and their name associated with protesting. Any comment on that?
2: I mean, I think it's a good point. It might be January 6th. I know there were a lot of protesters in Arizona after 2020. That's how they ended up getting their audit was because they screamed for it and, and quite literally demanded it. Um, there were a lot, I I think there were a fair amount of protests in Arizona. You know, the media may not have covered it and we might not have seen it, but there definitely were people, uh, picketing holding signs, demanding free and fair elections. Katie Hobbs, that whole situation is just bananas that I can't even believe we're in it. The fact that the Cochise County supervisors said This election isn't accurate. We can't certify it because there were so many problems with ballots and chain of custody and the evidence. We don't want to certify this election. Katie Hobbs told them, if you don't certify the election and declare me the winner, I am going to have the attorney general throw you in jail. And so they said, okay, we're going to certify this election under duress. She does. And nobody bats an eye. Nobody says, yeah. you know, that's really not appropriate to do that.
0: <laughs> not only is it not so, appropriate, I mean, you can't, that's not legal to, to force a contract under duress. And any lawyer who went to, took their first legal class should understand that. So once again, it does seem like the conservatives, the Republicans, uh, let the territory be taken. We, we surrender. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think Carrie Lake's giving up and I don't think Donald Trump's giving up there. Uh, so the story's not over any comment on how that could play out.
2: Well, no, and no. Carrie Lake is not giving up. I don't think she has the ability to do that. I've been very blessed to get to know her and become friends with her. And I genuinely do not think she has the ability to stop fighting. So she's going to keep going. The next step in that is the Court of Appeals is taking it up in February. I think February 1st, they're going to start looking at it. And I expect to see a ruling from the Court of Appeals sometime in February.
0: So we'll see how that plays out and how the people react to it. Uh, But I I am with you that we just need more engagement at every every level possible here. Uh, Tell us more about what's in the book, the stuff that you couldn't... Uh, have the cameras rolling at OANN to to catch it all?
2: Well, my favorite parts are my interactions with the state legislators off camera. Because, you know, on camera, they're all elected officials. They know how to do interviews. They know how to tap dance. But it was when there were no cameras around, maybe I was just on the phone with them, you know, and I was just asking very candid questions of like, when are you going to have an audit? And when are you going to... scrub your voter roll and when are you going to look and see uh what's on the splunk logs those types of conversations personally are, are my favorite because i think it really gets to the heart of matter more so than when you have public officials on camera because when they're on camera they they all know how to play the game you know so i think it was the the off-camera conversations all which were fair you know none of it was off the record i, I uh, have the right to to publish all of it but um those, those stories are my, my favorite in the book.
0: How would you characterize those conversations where they just let the truth out like a truth serum or something?
2: Well, it depends on who, who it was. So like in Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano is a strong Patriot. I believe he should have won that race in Pennsylvania. Obviously Pennsylvania has a lot of problems with fraud there, uh, so, his conversation was really positive, and he actually sheds a lot of light on the process, where things went wrong. Uh, his He was personally blocked by Republicans in Pennsylvania. So we go through how he was trying to do an Arizona audit style in Pennsylvania, but was blocked by Republicans in the Senate. And uh, so that that's interesting. And then you've got a similar situation, Robin Voss in Wisconsin they were trying to they were actually quite successful in Wisconsin at doing real audits but uh Robin Voss the Republican speaker of the assembly there blocked any meaningful response to the findings in the audit so uh g- going through what happened and why and the decisions that they made and what they told me they were doing versus what they actually did um it will infuriate you it will
0: yeah but that's important. That's an important step of the process, right. right? To understand how the sausage is made, so to speak, in our political right. system, to see behind the curtain, and then we can figure out how to change things from there once we understand the truth. Uh exactly. any, anything else in the book that, that you think was the reason why you wanted to release it? You wanted people to understand something that isn't readily available.
2: Um I think I mean honestly, it's the it's the story as a whole, I would say the whole thing. You know, in television media the the viewers have to follow along with your narrative at the pace that you go it t- typically television is very fast paced and moving and you don't have a lot of time to absorb the information then you're on to the next story and you're on to the next story so what i like about print media and particularly books is the the reader goes at the pace that they want to go they can kind of think about something as long as they, if they want to read really quickly and hurry up and get to the parts that they're interested in, they can, or if they want to be methodical and think about every single thing that's in there, they can do that as well. And so I like contrasting with, you know, what I, what I had on TV and people can still find it out there. A lot of my stuff is still out on whether it's on OAN's website or social media. uh, You can still see my, what I would call broadcasted reports versus the book that just it, it gives you a greater detail of the story and you can absorb it differently than you absorb tv
0: and it is a big story it's uh, one of the stories of the century and yet very <laughs> few people willing to even talk about it or look at it yeah. in fact uh, just this week we found out that newsmax was also deleted from DirecTV along with oann and uh and i've heard that the solution to that is to get these house Republicans to investigate AT&T who owns uh, most of DirecTV. We need to do something yep. when they just uh, deplatform our entire, uh, the only people who look into this sort of stuff are being deplatformed. Have you had to deal with any yeah. censorship?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I have been censored. And the funny thing about Newsmax is Newsmax won't even talk about the election. I don't, I don't know why they're censoring Newsmax because Newsmax self-censors, uh, you know, I, I'm grateful for Newsmax. I've got a lot of friends that work there and I think they're really great reporters and, you know, I'll go on once in a while, but I always go on to talk about the, the, sorry, the Trump documents issue or the Biden documents. They don't have me on to talk about the election because they don't cover it as a network. Um, so the fact that they got canceled anyway, I think, I think should be very, very concerning because, DirecTV clearly canceled, and AT and T clearly canceled one American news because we were covering the election. Newsmax wasn't doing that, so yeah, why why are they canceling them? I, I don't know. It, uh, it, it turns should be very out that, concerning.
0: Uh, giving away territory to the Marxists doesn't work, does it? Is they just right. give them an inch, they take <laughs> a mile. Do it anyway. so. yeah, right. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about your mission to get Trump into office in 2024. What's at stake here?
2: Uh, I think there's a lot at stake. I think President Trump will clean out a lot of the corruption that we're seeing right now. I think he, uh, we, we know, I mean, his platform is America first. I think he loves this country and wants to see this country thrive and prosperous. Unlike the leftist globalist, like we saw in WEF, we just talked about, you will own nothing and be happy. Does that sound appealing to anybody? Because that's what they're pushing. The uh, American leftists might not be saying that right now because it's not appealing. And so they don't want to try to campaign on that, but they are partnered with WEF. So where do they think we're going? Like You should be aware that if you're even tolerating what the left is pushing... Their goal is by 2030, you will own nothing and be happy. This will become a serfdom and you have no property rights, personal real estate, none of it. So it's it's a very, very serious threat. It's a high people should be on high alert over it. So my goal in this is to help inform people of what happened, try to make it very clear and simple. In my my opinion, there's a this is a very muddy topic. There's a lot of areas that muddy the waters and make it hard to see a clear picture of what transpired. So I hope that I make it very simple to understand. And then I hope that it's inspiring people to get involved because at the end of the day, we the way we're going to solve this is by all of us getting involved.
0: Absolutely. And it's interesting that you just put it out there they want to they want us to ha- own nothing they said it themselves but you, when when you when you say it you sound like a conspiracy theorist that's what they would label right. you i'm crazy uh, you know yeah. and yet i was watching the world economic forum talks and there were at least 3 people who mentioned eliminating private car ownership yes. or even limiting the the range in which people were able to travel to like 15 uh, kilometers so uh, this that's is insane. this is out in the open and thank God, mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis and President Trump and others are labeling the World Economic Forum for what it is—that uh, yeah. they are—they are, <laughs> they, they do want the, a neo-feudalism. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you more about your book, ask you about the resources and the people that you rely on to do your research. As we come back. Hey friends, Dr. Michelle and I are not celebrity doctors. You probably won't see us interviewed by Oprah, but we see wonderful results in the lives of our patients every single day. We see results.
2: While most medical practices are focused on managing your symptoms, we help you find the root cause and find healing with proven and natural solutions. Will you take 12 seconds and go to Sherwood.tv and join our free newsletter? We'll keep you up to date on new interviews and practical tips for hope and health. Visit Sherwood.tv and subscribe.
0: Talking to Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote. So you obviously didn't rely on Newsmax for your research (laughs) because they won't touch the, uh, the steal topic. Uh, who, who is, who is covering it? Who are the election integrity experts? Who are th- maybe not, you don't right. necessarily have to out the fake experts, but wh- who's the real <laughs> deal? Which organizations are, are doing something or on the right track?
2: Yeah. So as far as who I went to, to get my information, I went to the people on the ground. I spent months and months in all of these various states talking to the volunteers, talking to the state leaders, elected, appointed, you know, career, uh, career leaders, whether they're County clerks or whoever. So I, I went straight to the people involved. Um, as far as who's doing the work now, thank God, there's a lot of really great grassroots organizations in many of these States. There's several of them, uh, depending, you know, depending on what state you're in true, the vote does a great job. Obviously we saw them come out with, uh, 2000 mules in uh, one of my favorites is Audit the Vote PA in Pennsylvania. They're fantastic. They're a group of moms who saw what happened and It's founded by two women and uh, largely mothers. They saw what happened in 2020 and they were angry, and they said, "All right, we're going to start an organization. We're going to go canvass our entire state." And they got a bunch of people together. I think they had like 500 canvassers. It was a massive amount of people involved in this and they went to over 500 doors in every single county and just verified checked the voter rolls to see who lives here how many people live here how did you vote how did you vote in the sense of did you go in person did you use a mail-in ballot did you drop it off the drop that type of thing to make sure that the they didn't ask like who did you go for uh but they they went through all of that and they have amazing research. I was so excited to be able to include their canvas results in this book. It will blow your mind what they found. And I hope that they encourage other people when you read their story to go, I can do that. You know, I can talk to my neighbors and just make sure that uh, the number of people who are registered to vote at their house is accurate. Um, so I, there, there's a lot of really great groups out there. And then if you're in an area where you're not aware of one, start one, you know, figure out what you, how you want to help clean up your election. I hope that I spark some ideas with my book and just go do it.
0: Yes. Audit the vote PA. That's a good organization. I'm from Pennsylvania. I actually joined that organization uh, and kept in touch with them. So yeah, that's, that's a good example. And and there should be groups like that in every state. Uh, any, anyone else you want to recognize any other organizations that are doing good work?
2: Uh, so another one out of Michigan, the Michigan Citizens for Election Integrity. They're a great, great organization. And uh, that's one, one group that, for whatever reason, one thing led to another, I didn't make, it didn't make it into the book, and I, I regret that. I wish I had been able to put them into the book because they really do a lot of great work in Michigan. Uh, so I'd like to give them a shout-out, and I'm grateful for the work that they did. Uh, we the People, uh, the Arizona Alliance in Arizona, I mean, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of groups out there. And if you, like I said, you should be able to find one in your local area. And if you can't just start one, it's not as hard as it seems.
0: And these organizations are not funded by George Soros or a billionaire. (laughs) I mean, these are just regular folks getting together. It's not highly funded and it's as simple as people just getting engaged and and doing these basic steps. Uh, So that's very inspiring that people who want to make a difference, they really can by doing just one thing in their community. Uh, I want to switch gears and talk to you about the document scandal that's going on right now. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, they, they raided Trump. He had the power to declassify as a president. Then yeah. all of a sudden, I mean, it seems like every day there's new classified documents found. Uh, they're searching for 12 hours in Biden's mansion for more. Uh, and then Pence says, oh, I looked in my house. I found some. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this seems to be kind of muddying the water at this point, making everyone yeah. seem like everyone has classified documents yes. and it's not a big deal. But it is, it is a big deal if you didn't have the power to declassify it and if you compromise national security. So, wanted to get some of your commentary on this important subject.
2: Yeah. Well, two things, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to split the hair on this because I'm gonna say things that sound contradictory. They're not, if you follow me. I think you know, Joe Biden and Mike Pence coming out saying, oh, yeah, I had classified documents. Joe Biden having classified documents all over the place. Barack Obama, I'm sure, has classified documents. NARA, the National Archives, has come out and said, this was a while ago, they said, oh, we have all of the documents back from the Obama administration. Well, obviously, they didn't because Joe Biden had some. Some of Biden's records were from when he was a senator. Some were from when he was vice president. So obviously, NARA is either not actually keeping tabs or probably doesn't know either way but they're lying to the american people and they're they're trying to make something out of nothing. They're trying to make the fact that Donald Trump having classified documents on Mar- in Mar-a-Lago which is a secure facility guarded by the Secret Service and the chain of custody is intact, guarded by the Secret Service from the White House to Mar-a-Lago. They're trying to make that sound sensational. Well their cover is blown. Because it's not sensational. There's nothing sensational about that whatsoever. President Trump is covered by the Presidential Records Act. He had the right to take whatever he wanted. And what he took was fine to be in his personal possession. And then if you want to get into the fact that some of it was classified or not, he had the power to declassify. He also had the power to keep them if they were classified. So, you know, I, I there's not really a lot there. The fact that Joe Biden and Mike Pence also had documents, on one hand, I say, they all have documents it's ridiculous to think for a second that they took documents that they were working on and none of it was classified of course most of what they were working on was was classified did they keep the chain of custody did they handle them properly all of those questions properly all of those questions are important but the fact that they have the documents in and of itself is not a problem The problem that Joe Biden has is his documents were very clearly compromised because they were in a location where Hunter Biden was and Hunter Biden had access. And we know from Hunter Biden's laptop, thanks to Elon Musk, we know that it's authentic and that everybody knew that it was authentic prior to the 2020 election. Hunter Biden sells American assets and access to our adversaries and Joe Biden gets 10% of the cut at least sometimes, depending on how Hunter's negotiating. So we know that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are compromised with our national security information because they're selling it to our adversaries. That's, that is confirmed in Hunter Biden's laptop. So that is why Joe Biden's documents concern me. Mike Pence's documents, at this point, you know, we need to do the the proper process and figure out, okay, was the chain of custody broken? How were they stored? Was anything compromised? Did any, who had access to them? You know, you have to do that investigation to figure it out. But I don't have concerns that Mike Pence was selling information to the Chinese. Joe Biden actually was selling information to the Chinese. We can prove that through Hunter's emails. So I, I don't know how they're going to tap dance out of this. They, they should absolutely stop going after President Trump. He didn't do anything wrong. There, there's no problem with anything. There's problems with Joe Biden, and I think they're going to have a hard time trying to make Donald Trump look guilty when Joe Biden... When, when does Donald Trump is not actually guilty of anything. There's no crime involved in what Trump, Donald Trump did. There is with what Joe Biden was doing. And so I think they're going to have a hard time trying to... I don't. I don't even know what they could do to Donald Trump at this point because... They, I mean, you, Joe Biden is now the elephant in the room. You know, how are they going to tap dance around right. that? I don't
0: know. They're trying to make it seem like it's the same, like, oh, uh, you know, Biden did the same thing that Trump did. And so, nope. let, let's let both of them off the hook uh, or, or something like that. Right. They should uh, both but, just know,
2: sit this one out. That's what they want. Yeah, right. But that's not going to happen. They
0: want to get Trump out of there for 2024. That's their main goal here. But that, yeah. that's not going to work here, obviously, uh, now that. Uh, Biden's in the hot water for the same thing. Uh, but you bring up a good point that we've got that laptop. We've got the the laptop report. Everything, it's, it's right. like the average citizen can do their own kind of forensic analysis of what's happened here. And we that's kind of unprecedented. We really never had the public be able to see all of these private emails of uh, the first family before. So that's really interesting. Yeah. And uh, can you comment briefly on the idea that... Biden was supposedly a professor and he has this, uh, this university of Pennsylvania office and the classified documents are there. And then the Chinese give $54 million and then right. it makes you want to put the pieces together and think, Hey, I wonder if the Chinese were paying for more uh, than just a, it, maybe it wasn't just a donation out of the goodness of their hearts. Maybe they wanted something in return.
2: No, Joe Biden is compromised by China. We know that the Penn Biden center Funded largely by Chinese money is exhibit number one that Joe Biden is funded by China. We just need to know how much. you know how much money is he getting and what was he supposedly giving China in return because he's not exactly a great scholar. The idea that anybody would hire Joe Biden as a professor is laughable, especially in Ivy League school. You kidding me? I know he was the vice president, but He was the vice president with the reputation of being an idiot. So, and now he has dementia. So, I I, I probably why he never taught a class.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But he gets to say he was a professor, and he does so very often. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back. Want to wrap up with more details on your book as soon as we get back.
1: Who do you trust? And should you? The small untrustworthy group of people who own and control almost every industry hope you will not even entertain the questions, let alone put in the time to explore the answers. These two volumes of The World Awakens are an encyclopedia of trusted sources who give their honest overview of our real history, the world today and what lies ahead. Get The World Awakens, Volume 1 and 2, signed by author John Michael Chambers, for only $50 each. Or bundle the two and add Genocide Jab, all three signed hardbacks, for $120. Order today at FNews.us. For unsigned and all other formats, visit Amazon or Barnes & Noble.
0: Talking to Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote. So, Christina, you're a former Marine. You know, once a Marine, always a Marine. So you've got a couple of missions uh, right now. You're protecting Donald Trump. You're advancing him 2024 win. You're educating the public through your book. What are your missions right now? Other, Maybe on top of what I mentioned or elaborate on what I mentioned, what are your missions?
2: My primary goal is to secure the 2024 election. And I do that through... Outreach with various groups and that, that will ramp up as the campaign gets further along. But my primary, my primary goal is to secure 2024 because I want to make sure we have a free and fair election and that it's the people of the United States who actually elect their leaders.
0: I think that that sounded pretty good. And what are some of the <laughs> on the ground things you have to do? What kind of reach out? What kind of organizations? What's yeah. that look like on a daily basis?
2: Uh, well, rallying the troops. Where where it will go and where it will matter for your viewers in the in the near future is, you know, getting volunteers, getting people to be poll workers, getting people agree to help register voters, to scrub voter rolls to get involved, uh, you know, trying to make sure that there's maybe some procedural changes in their local communities. There's a a variety of ways that people might be able to get involved, and I, I hope that people in various communities come up with their own ideas, with things that they would like to see. You know, I've got ideas that are kind of boilerplate that we can use around the country, but I genuinely hope that people in their local community make the elections what they want them to be in their local area. That's what it's supposed to be. So uh, I'm looking forward to some of the creative ideas that, you know, some citizens come up with.
0: And as people are watching right now, I know a lot of them are thinking, well, I want to take action right now to do something. I want to join Christina. Uh, is there a place they can go or do you just suggest they plug into their local grassroots organization?
2: Right now, plug into your local grassroots organizations because campaigns still getting ramped up, and we will be working with local GOPs with county GOPs. So get involved in your state or your county GOP, and if you do and you're unimpressed, you know, get involved there to make it better. Or maybe your county doesn't have one. You know, become a chairman, start your own start your own organization, uh, but get involved through the GOP, and then we'll, we'll be plugging in through there.
0: Okay. Sounds good. And how about your book? Uh, Where can people get it? Is it online? Is it in bookstores? Can people try to get it in their local libraries?
2: Um, It's probably not in the libraries yet. It just came out in print this week, but you can order it on Amazon. And uh, I'm hoping this week, my website is up somewhat ChristinaBob.com. If it's not up this week, it'll be up next week
0: so you know these libraries you you just can't count on them for having good (laughs) material and i think a lot of people once they read your book they're going to want to donate it to their local library to make sure that it gets in there uh so anything else is this is this your first book uh and and any any plans uh for this book that you want to share with us right now
2: it is my first book thank you i'm really excited about it it was uh, a labor of love and I hope, it, you know, I hope it blesses you. I hope people read it and feel informed and feel like it highlighted things that maybe they weren't aware of before. But I also hope that it encourages you. I don't want anything to discourage people. There are parts that will probably frustrate you, but I hope to always, always conclude that in a positive way of how we're going to fix it. So uh, I hope at the end of the book, you're very encouraged and hopeful for 24.
0: What are some of the things that are infuriating? What do you think uh, helps people get through that that anger and and get get towards the yeah. part where they actually take action?
2: Well, personally, my the the parts of my own book that get me the most frustrated are the cowardice of of the conservatives. Uh, that was very very frustrating to live. It was very frustrating to write, and it's very frustrating to read again. Um, but the good news is. I'm a conservative and I can do something about cleaning up conservatives in my local area. So if you're in Wisconsin and you're frustrated with some of the conservative stories I tell you there, get involved and fix it. I mean, that's I don't know what else to tell you.
0: Yeah, that's the main message here. Just get engaged. And and the fact that you mentioned the local GOP, it's like we can't just let this party Uh, be taken over by rhinos. We have to take it over and define what the GOP is. So that means people need to join that local GOP. Thank you so much, Christina. So people can go to your website next week. People can get your book on Amazon. How about social media? How can they connect with you there?
2: You can find me on Truth and Getter at Christina Bob or Twitter and Instagram Christina underscore Bob.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Christina, for your service to our country is truly appreciated. And I just want to reiterates, you know, just first time meeting Christina, and uh, I'm inspired, you know, myself, just that someone who was in the media uh, decided to go above and beyond, and to do further research, and to commit to doing a book, and to serve under President Trump. Uh, this is something that I could look forward to if I could uh, get myself more motivated. And, and really, she was giving a message of motivation to all of us, uh, that we can't just sit back and allow our country to be taken. We have to actually stand up. We have to actually join local organizations and do some of those meticulous uh, things that we may not want to do on a weekend or uh, on a a weekday night. Uh, We'd like to just enjoy our freedom, but if we don't do it, then we won't have that freedom to enjoy anymore. So I think that's the main message. And so thank thank you all of you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.com. We are America's Patriot Only Network. And I just wanted to give a quick message about the AMP Insider. That's the new thing that we're doing. Get a chance to talk to show hosts like myself, get to interact with them, ask questions with ask the experts uh, once a week. But we're also going to have a library of a lot of different, uh, kind of like a backstage pass to be able to find out more things, get to know the real person that's in front of the camera. Uh, We have a lot of shows now on AMP, so you're going to get to know a lot of different people and not just about politics talk about health talk about a lot of different things so you can look forward to that it's really easy i believe it's one dollar with the amp 888 code you can just try it out and you can also get my breaking news updates at seanmorganreport.com god bless all you patriots good night and good luck